This is the Soulfully Casual Podcast hosted by Matty Ice. And now, your host, Matty Ice. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Soulfully Casual Podcast brought to you by Matty Ice Media. As always, I'm your host, Matty Ice, and it is a blustery day here in Virginia. It's the middle of winter. I hate these months sometimes, uh, but yesterday was a good day. Yesterday was my 38th birthday, and it went, uh, you know, it went really well. I had a really relaxing day. Uh, my wife took care of me in more ways than one with some Krispy Kreme, some coffee, some gifts, and, you know, just an overall relaxing day. Uh, I got to spend some quality time with my son at the end of the day. He's all over the place, and it just was a really good day. Uh, on a day like today, I always think about how fortunate I am, and then I start to think about others in life who, who maybe aren't so fortunate. Um, for those of you listening who are Christian, um, today or yeah, today is um, Ash Wednesday. And for those of you who aren't familiar, Ash Wednesday is the period that starts what is called Lent, at least uh, as I'm familiar with it from a Catholic perspective. Uh, one thing I should note is I'm not a deeply religious man. I haven't been um, religious for, for quite some time, but I do believe in the idea of spirituality. I think those two concepts are, are different, and I think that one can be spiritual without having to be religious uh, and, and so forth. Uh, however, there are aspects of certain particular doctrines in certain religions, organized religions, that I do think are, are helpful to an extent, and one of them is Lent. Um, one of the ideas uh, around Lent is, is that we would give up something or make a sacrifice, if you will, because we are essentially sacrificing because Jesus at the end of this is going to die and be resurrected, right, according to the Bible. And that is when, you know, the, the Savior, if you will, is, uh, is going to heaven. And all of that is for the better good of humanity. Um, People are generally encouraged, at least again in the Catholic Church, to to give up something for, for Lent. Uh, it is supposed to be a true sacrifice. It's not meant to be something that you just can give up so, super easy because, you know, it's not something that you rely on every day or, or what have you. Um, for the most part, I think most people are giving up something that is uh, a vice. And usually you look at food, uh, alcohol, anything that is a physical detriment to them, at least in terms of their health. And I think that's where most people go. Most people go to giving up something uh, that is that is close to them, that only affects them. And while that is a good thing for them, sometimes I wonder, can we do a little bit more? You know, like, is there some better energy that we can be spending when it comes to what we're giving up? We hear stories about people who have done something, um, you know, a little bit differently when it comes to be, you know, giving up something. Uh, they think outside the box a little bit. And recently, uh, a friend of our families told us about how every year at Lent, they decide that it's a period for everybody to give up something, but they don't just limit it to one thing. They basically make it about all 40 days of the of this time period. And, you know, basically throughout that entirety of the 40 days, you are accumulating uh, 40 days worth of stuff, if you will, that is something that we don't need, something that you can give away, you can purge in some fashion. And my wife and I started thinking about that because over the entirety of this pandemic, which has now reached basically a calendar year, a lot of us, I think, have accumulated a lot of stuff. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. I know that I've accumulated sneakers over this time period. I've also sold a lot of sneakers. So it's really kind of, you know, stayed at a certain place. But 
I am not one of those people who has been con considered myself unfortunate during this period. Many good things have happened for me and I'm in a very fortunate place because I have a, a stable job that I didn't lose. Uh, my family is healthy. You know, everybody within my inner circle has remained healthy, has remained safe. And for that, I'm extremely grateful. But when I think about everything that we've accumulated over the course of this time period, I think about, okay, well, I've done enough for myself. What can we give back? So my wife and I recently talked about what we wanted to do for Lent. And we decided to do the traditional things. We're giving up sugar or desserts, really. And we are giving up eating out. We're trying to get back on a healthy path because we remember how good we felt before the holidays. And we got kind of got off track a little bit. I don't think we're that different in that regard. Uh, but I want to go back to feeling a little bit better despite the fact that I haven't really gained weight. I just want to feel better. And we've also decided that we wanted to partake in this uh, different kind of ritual that we wanted to really think outside the box this time. So we have decided over this 40 day period that every single day we are going to find something to give up. But it's not just as simple as finding one thing every day. So day one, we're going to find one thing a piece. And then day two, we're going to find two things. Day three, we'll find three things. And it will escalate until on day 40, we are finding 40 things that we can either you know purge in some way and that, that probably sounds to you like wow that's crazy like how could I find that much stuff think about it this way though go back to many of us who have been to college or, or you know if you're you're listening and you you didn't just think about when you were younger when you were in high school before you left the house really much of the stuff that you had was accumulated through the wealth of your parents or you know your your ability to get a job and, and buy things. Mine was a combination of both. My parents were, uh, you know, lucky enough to be able to provide things for me, but I was also uh, given the opportunity, really told to give to have a job. But then when I graduated high school and I went to college, things changed. Um, most people who have been to college know what it feels like to have next to nothing. The, you know, everything is expensive in college. Your books, um, you know, the room and board, all all of those things, and. In my particular case, my parents were paying for that, but I was going to a school that they couldn't afford out of pocket. So we were taking out loans in order to make that happen. It wasn't like I was coming from some affluent family who could just sort of write a check for this. So when I went to school, I went with basically a carload of, of stuff, right? And it was a micro amount of what I had accumulated over the course of the first 18 years of my life. And that came with me. And over the course of the five years that I was in college, um, I didn't really accumulate a whole lot. Uh, mostly it was a rite of passage to kind of write home or email home and say, mom, can you send me money or send me some kind of a care package? Cleveland and I were talking about this yesterday and it was kind of funny because we both had friends who, when you would get a care package from home or you'd go home, they didn't go home or they didn't get anything from home. And they would ask for something to come back like, Hey, have your mom make those cookies or can you get um you know this this that and the other and it was funny because there were people who just didn't have the same experience that you did but i never felt rich in any way during college and that means material wise money wise and also in terms of my you know mental health where i was uh feeling about confidence and so forth so by the time i graduated most of what i had accumulated didn't really come with me when i left college for the last time in 2006, the car load that I had was basically everything that I thought was important to me. So think about five years. I was living in a single bedroom apartment at that time, 
and the only things that came with me were what I could fit in my then Toyota Camry. So furniture is gone, everything was gone. And it kind of speaks to the fact that it's not until you become a true adult and you get out into the adult world that you start accumulating. But as we get into that, right, through your 20s, and then you get into your 30s, and then if you're settling down and you're married or, or not, right, there comes a time where you kind of almost fixate yourself in one place. You know, through my 20s, I lived in many different places in the DC area. I lived downtown, I lived in Maryland, I lived in Virginia. And it wasn't until I got married and bought a house that I was really settling down in the same place. But think about all the places that you go in that time period. Think about the addresses that you go from. And then think about when you move. Do we really do a lot of purging when we move? Most of us don't. Most of us are packing up all the stuff that we've accumulated in whatever time period it is between when we started and ended, you know, that particular, um, you know, time of living in a place. And we end up finding things that we didn't even remember we had. And you know what? It all gets packed into boxes and it all gets shipped off to the next place. And then you're unpacking it and it goes in another place where you're not going to see it again until you're gone. And that happens for everybody. And then what ends up happening too is we start getting more stuff. We need to expand our living spaces. We get bigger apartments, we get bigger homes. We're looking for something that can accommodate our stuff. A lot of people have storage units. We're just accumulating. Think about how much stuff you have in your house right now. And if you could go around your house and find things, how much of it would you actually need? Because you didn't remember you had it in the first place. Uh, we recently cleaned out my office because the place of work that I'm in is you know, retooling the building now that we haven't been there in a while. And it's gonna be about two years until I go back. So we all had to clean out our spaces. And I went in with this mentality that I wasn't going to take much with me because a lot of it was things I hadn't even needed this last year while not being in the office. And you know what? I stuck to my guns. I went in there and I came out. My 14 year career was basically summed up in half a box. It felt so good to not take everything with me. It felt so good to purge all of these items that I know that I didn't need, that I wasn't going to need in the future. And I'm going to now take that mentality into this period of purging, into this period of giving. There's so much stuff that I'm even looking at in the room that I'm in currently, and I can identify at least a dozen items that I don't need. And I can even think about when we unpacked this room to put the flooring in, all the stuff that we packed up that we should have gotten rid of in that moment, and we didn't. So we're gonna do that. We're gonna spend our time and our energy and give back in some fashion. We're going to purge, we are going to recycle, and we're just going to sort of hit a hard reset on this accumulation of stuff that we have. Because if we don't do that, it's always going to happen, right? You're just gonna keep doing it and doing it and doing it. But I ask you this, it's not just a matter of stuff because anybody can say, well, I'm gonna give away a whole bunch of my stuff or I'm gonna sell a whole bunch of my stuff or I'm gonna throw it away. But think about it in terms of your life, right? What else can we hoard in our lifetime? Right? Are there any is are there aspects of our life that we should be putting the same kind of recycling energy towards? Are there relationships that we need to redo? Do we need to purge our social media friendships? Because I've done that a few times and it feels awesome to be able to look at I don't even know who that is, you know, unfriending them. Or I haven't talked to this person in five years. Do I really need to keep them around? Why am I keeping them around? You can ask those same questions about the relationships that you have around you because I'm pretty sure that we all have somebody who, and I hate to say keep around, 
but somebody that is near us that we know is not adding value to our life or is actively playing defense against us being a better person. And I think we can spend that kind of energy in a way that's that's super helpful. But it's not just about giving at Lent. It's not just about spending time at Lent. And I think what we end up doing is falling into this trap of compartmentalizing our energies, right? There's certain periods of time that are sort of blocked off in which we're supposed to feel a certain way or act a certain way. Excellent example, Christmas time, right? Thanksgiving and Christmas time, the holidays. Generally speaking, November and December are about two things, being thankful for what you have and giving to others. But why is it only those two months? Those two months are special in a way because they have holidays that generally are sort of like the apex of this particular uh, sentiment. At Thanksgiving, we get together with the people that we love in a celebration of being thankful for these people. At Christmas, it's not about receiving gifts. It shouldn't be anyway. For me, it's about the, the giving. I love to give a good gift. I love the feeling that it causes. I love the looks on people's faces when I give a gift that they're either not expecting in love or something that they've always wanted and you you pick the right gift. It feels great because you've touched that person in a way. Those sentiments are not just mutually exclusive to those two months. We should be thinking that way all the time because there are so many different ways in which we, which we can be thankful. I know for me, even on my birthday, I don't say often enough, I'm happy to be alive. I'm so thankful to be taking another trip around the sun because it's not a guarantee. And even in this pandemic, when you have people who are thinking that what well, people can die at any time, yes, that's true. But also, whether there's a pandemic or not, you should still be thankful for the fact that you're alive. Thankful for the fact that you have avoided some catastrophe in your life that has ended, ended you, right? The, that kind of energy should be kept all the time. We shouldn't just be saving our thanks for the people that we love for one day, for one meal, for even one weekend. We should be doing that all the time. If you are, you know, married or you are, you're, you're taken or you have kids, tell those people how much you love them, right? Because it's so important for them to hear that on a daily basis. Because I know so many people who feel like they didn't say those things often enough to somebody who, who ends up dying, who they can't say that to anymore. Keep that kind of energy. There's other, there's other things too. Valentine's Day was recent. It was on Sunday. And so much energy is put into a singular gesture on one day to show the person that you are currently with how much you love them. And I'm going to tell you, it's not that I'm jealous of these people who can do that. Like Michael B. Jordan can rent an entire aquarium and do whatever the heck he wants to. He's mega rich. He can do whatever he wants. Um, I don't have those resources, but also I don't think those resources are of benefit to me to doing something like that. The concept of Valentine's Day is about the celebration of love. It's not necessarily the celebration of people who are couples, people who are married, people who have somebody. Because I'm going to tell you, there are a ton of people in this country and all over the world who feel lonely on Valentine's Day because the commercialism of it and the social media aspect of it has alienated them to think that they need somebody in order to feel validated. Love is love. And there are so many different kinds of love, folks. It's not just about romantic love, right? You can love an object that makes you happy. I mean, look, think about kids. Think about little kids who hold on to their stuffed animals or blankies for the longest time. 
that's like one of the most genuine forms of love that there is because they don't have any idea why they're doing it. They just do it because there's an attachment there. There's a love sentiment there. It's not romantic. They're not dating their, their blankie, but they love their blankie. There's a connection and attachment to it. How many of you love your friends? How many of you have told your friends that you love them? And it's not an awkward thing. I mean, you know, I think we get into a trap sometimes that people feel like, uh, you know, two, two people of different genders saying I love you to each other has to be solely for the idea that there's romantic feelings. And that's not true at all. I have a friend who I've known for so long, and she's now one of my wife's best friends. And you know what? I tell her I love her all the time because it's true. I love her like a sister. And there's familial love. There's platonic love. There's romantic love. And I think Valentine's Day is supposed to celebrate that. But instead, it seems that because we have commercialized it and sort of warped what it's about into something that it's not, we're losing the idea that we're celebrating something grander than just a gesture between couples, right? We should be celebrating all forms of love everywhere, calling your parents, things like that on Valentine's Day. But you know what? We shouldn't just do it on Valentine's Day. We should keep that energy all the time. Give, give the people that you love gestures, tell them, show them, you know, things like that. I know that within the confines of my relationship, the physical intimacy is not sexual intimacy. It's letting your partner know through a look, through a touch, that you love them, that you care for them, that you want them to be safe, that you will keep them safe. Those are the types of energies we should be circulating all year round not just Valentine's Day, not just our anniversary, all year round. And here's another one to think about, social justice. I was talking with Cleveland the other day about this, actually. I was telling him that I was having writer's block, that I felt like I was running out of things to talk about on the show. And of course, he beat me into submission because that's the kind of friend that he is. And he's like, you're crazy. And we started talking for about an hour and we came up with like eight topics that we were gonna talk about on the show that we do called Cowboy Season. And I was talking to him about this idea of energy, this idea of keeping the same energy throughout. And one of the things that we talked about was social justice and the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, in 2020, there were many incidences of white police officers killing black people using force, right, using guns. And it made headlines. It was all over the place. Black Lives Matter, you know, justifiably was peacefully protesting this because it seemed like there was never any justice for these victims that there was no transparency in the um you know the, the law in terms of um our court system and how this was being adjudicated and they wanted answers they wanted equality right they don't want to oppress anybody they want to be on the same footing as others and that energy was kept up quite a bit but then once a lot of it petered out the energy didn't seem to stay I noticed that there were a lot less posts on social media, a lot less white people showing other white people how woke they were. And, and Cleveland let me know that there was an incident recently of a black police officer killing a black person with, with force. And I didn't even know about it. Apparently it happened in Pennsylvania. The fact that I didn't know about it tells me that the energy is somewhat lost. And that's not what we should be doing either. Any idea of equality, whether it's LGBTQ, for Black Lives Matter, for Hispanics, transgender, anything, we should be keeping the energy of equality all year round. It should be something that we're thinking about in our daily micro transactions between people. 
when you see something, you should say something or you should try to make it better. And I feel like we don't keep the energy for that. I feel like we keep the energy for the finite amounts of time that it, it you know, uh, angers us, but it doesn't necessarily translate to something more. And what I'm getting at with all this is not about how better of a person that I am than you, because I, like you, lose my energy for things. I lose them all the time. I get upset about something or I get hot about something, and then ultimately it peters out in one way or another. I, it's just human nature. Right now, with so much exposure via news, social media, our news is at our fingertips, it's so hard to like keep your energy for everything because it's like, I can only have so much outrage and emotion across the board. But what I'm telling you is that it's important to try and keep energies for all of these different things. It doesn't have to just be social justice. It's love. It's giving. It's thank, you know being thankful. Keep the energy for those things constantly, all year round, as much as you can. And if you can't do that and you realize you haven't done it for a while, take that specific moment and try to make it better, right? Call somebody that you love, text somebody you love, find something in your house that you don't need anymore, give it away, um, do something good, right? Use the energy in that moment for something beneficial. And I think the more times that that happens, it's gonna become a habit. And the more habits that we form in the good ways, like I talked about in an episode a couple months ago, um, you know, the better we are. And I think at the end, if more and more people can focus their energies more consistently, then I think humans will be in a better place. Um, thank you so much for listening. You know, this has been sort of cathartic. Uh, it's good to know that I have some ideas behind the, the curtain, and I'm hoping to continue to bring that to you. Uh, before I get off, I want to talk about a few things. I want to say, uh, connect with the show, uh, reach out to... Um, soulfully.casual at gmail.com check out our instagram soulfully casual podcast uh, definitely check out the website www.mattyicemedia.com we're trying to put together a whole bunch of menu items for you and we're just going to do the best that we can to put out some content i also want to give a shout out to some folks in brazil we had a hit for the show from brazil that's the first uh thank you and uh keep tuning in uh, hopefully we won't disappoint so uh thank you again everybody this is Matty ice and as always, I will see you down the road.